Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. We're ready for some new inspiration, and we hope you are too. Today, we're going to let you in on what we've been cooking recently in our kitchens in the hopes that it inspires you with some new ideas. How has cooking been going in your kitchen lately, Sarah? (laughs) If you were to ask me, like, how are you? I would be like, oh, I'm super overwhelmed. And that really, like, translates into my kitchen because I think you and I have this thing in common where we both bake when we're stressed out. Yes. (laughs) So I've been baking a lot. Yeah, that's (laughs) great. How about you? (laughs) Uh, The same thing. I I feel um, really pushed almost to my limit lately. I've I've been taking on some big professional projects that are kind of pushing me to my limit. And so I don't have a lot of like extra time in my life. And so that extra time does translate to a lot of late night baking. Yeah. Or like, you know, I have a half an hour between when the kids are home and when it's time to get dinner ready. And so I'm going to focus on baking instead of making dinner. (laughs) It doesn't make a lot of sense logically, but somehow finding that little time to bake something up just makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Even though I don't have the time. (laughs) So here we are. Well, I'm very production oriented, so I feel like you can always tie the state of my mental health to how much I am either baking or gardening or doing homesteading type stuff. Okay. And so when I've been able to do that, then I'm a happier person. Yeah. I like giving people nourishment. Yeah. I like supporting people. And it's really therapeutic to do these repetitive activities. Totally. So I see that a lot. What have you been baking? Here's a couple things I've been baking lately that have like knocked my socks off. I bake a lot of bread, as you know, but I came across this one specific recipe. It's in the Ken Forkish Evolutions in Bread book. It's a raisin pecan bread. Hmm. It's so good. Is it a quick bread or is it a yeasted no, bread? No, it is a yeasted bread. It is a sourdough bread. Okay. Um, and But you can make it in a day and it's lovely and it has raisins and pecans in it. And it's just like the perfect thing for breakfast because if you toast it, then the raisins get kind of like gooey and warm. It's really good. That sounds lovely. Yeah, that has been really, really nice. Um, And another recipe that I just really, really love, it's just like I can't believe how good it is, is this recipe. It's called Chewy Earl Grey Sugar Cookies, and it's from Yossi Arafi, who, as you know, I think can do no wrong. It's a New York Times recipe. Okay. I highly recommend looking it up. So it's just a chewy sugar cookie, which... I mean, it's like a basic that is executed really well in this recipe, but it has Earl Grey tea just straight up mixed into it. Hmm. It is so good. It's just delicious. That sounds great. Yeah, it's very floral. They have like a beautiful color, beautiful texture. They're just wonderful. That's nice. Yeah. I haven't been making cookies lately, but when I get pressed for time, I tend to phone it in for dinner. Like I do real easy things for dinner. Yeah. Um, Even like prepackaged like orange chicken from Trader Joe's with broccoli on a sheet pan kind Uh of dinner. Yeah. And then I try to put my efforts into the smaller in-between things like breakfast and snacks. Okay. So I've been making the variations of the apple and toasted oat muffin from Small Victories by Julia Tertian. I love that recipe. What? It's interesting to me about that book. We did an episode on that book a long time ago. It was one of our very first episodes. I haven't gone back and listened to it, so I can't promise you if it's great or not because it was an early episode. <laughs> we were still learning how to do this. Yeah, but the what I love about that book is that I'm constantly getting new treasures from it years after owning it because in almost every recipe, she has so many variations for it. So I did not make an apple and toasted oat muffin. I made a 
toasted oat with banana and Ooh. black currant muffin. Yum. Because I'm trying to clean out all of the berries from our freezer because we're coming up on summer again and yeah. it's going to fill back up. So I'm trying to clean everything out. And the currants in those muffins were so good because the banana adds a little bit more sweetness to right. it. And then the currants have kind of like a sharpness to yeah. it, almost like a, a tangy. Like a little acidic. Yeah, and they're, but they're also so small that they disperse really well through oh, the muffin. Nice. So my kids liked that. I liked it. They're so fluffy, yeah. but I like that they still have the oats in there. That was a real easy recipe to come together. I actually did the whole thing in my food processor even, great. which was great. And then I tried making the Smitten Kitchen Big Cluster Granola. How did that work out? Um, I have a friend, Allie, who loves that recipe, and so she was encouraging me to try it, and I did. But I did not get big clusters, oh. which is in the name, you know. You so, would think you could get there. Yeah, it really turned out less clustery. What is it that supposedly clusters it up? Well, so Allie told me the secret to that, which you know how I feel about Deb Perlman's recipes. Like the yeah. head note is like longer than the recipe, yeah. and then the recipes are really long too. And they always go, you have to flip the page. I have a whole thing that drives me nuts about that. But I think Deb is cool, and I like her recipes generally. But her cookbook layout annoys me. With all of that space, Deb probably should have explained not to like flip it or mix it or anything. Oh. So Ali was saying that's her trick is she doesn't ever she stir just leaves it. it. She just leaves it and then it will kind of cool and be in bigger clumps. Okay. But in the recipe Deb says intentionally to like mix it and so I did and oh. then I didn't get the big clumps. So I thought that recipe was good but honestly like once you've had that 11 <laughs> Madison Park granola recipe from the New York Times. It's really the holy grail. You can't it? go back. You can't yeah. go back. You just miss that like salt olive oil <sighs> in every granola you have after that. It's so good. Yeah, but the idea of making granola for yourself when you're, I know that sounds like really overly indulgent, but like if you could phone in every other meal that you have, but you made yourself some homemade granola, it's like a gift to yourself. It just like you can use it as a snack. You can have it for breakfast. You could have it as a late lunch. You could right. have it as a late night snack. Yeah. And it just feels like something that's always going to be better when you make it from home. Yeah. You know, yeah, totally. I know I've been feeling like I, I'm, you know, a little overwhelmed and a little it's just springtime and like everything's coming at me like summer is on its way and there's tons going on with my kids at school and work is busy. And I just feel like the crazier things get, like the more I've been trying to just like take it down to the simplest things. And so that's really helpful for me. Like granola is a great one or this raisin pecan bread, like have something like that so that you can like sit down and make yourself some food mm -hmm. and just like care for yourself for a second yeah. so that you can get on with the rest of the day and then like care for everybody else all day. Yeah. Um, so that's been like a big uh, self-care moment for me is like make yourself something lovely that like brings you a lot of joy and then sit down and eat it. Yeah, because sometimes I think what I used to do earlier in my life is I would like go to a coffee shop and buy myself like a nice coffee and a pastry. Right. But now that I've become a much more proficient home cook and home baker, like it's not as good no. as the stuff that I make at home. Right. And so this. Or it's $12. <laughs> well, it's all those things. It's yeah. $12. It's not as good as yeah. what I can make at home. It, and also I don't get the meditative time, even if it's 15 minutes of right. like mixing it in my food processor and putting it in the muffin right. tin and then throwing it in the oven. That time is only for me, and yeah. I don't give myself that time a lot right now in my very busy season of life. Yeah, yeah, totally. I see that. What else are you cooking up? Well, let me talk about dinner a little bit, because there's a few, like, I've been really in the zone 
with like simple dinners because afternoons are crazy right now. You know, everybody's getting home from school. Everybody's all wound up. Everybody wants to play outside with the neighbors. Like there's just so much going on in the afternoons that easy dinners have really been helping me. And a book that came into my life, which I don't want to talk too much about because we're, we definitely have to do an episode about this at some point, but it's Melissa Clark's newest or I don't know if it's her newest because she writes like 8,000 books a year, but, um, and it's called dinner in one. Mm -hmm. So it's Melissa Clark, who's wonderful and very prolific and writes great recipes. She made this whole book, so it's all like one pot meals. So it's either one instant pot, one sheet pan, one Dutch oven, one like it could be any number of different um, pots, basically. But they like make no dishes, which mm-hmm. is wonderful. Like usually you only have a few dishes to do after these meals. And every single recipe I've made out of that book has been a complete winner. That is awesome. So awesome. There's like a white bean that's like a tomatoey white bean thing with cheese on top. Mm-hmm. Incredible. There's a bunch of recipes in there for, because this is like classic Melissa Clark, for like a roasted veggie with like lemon and some kind of melty cheese on it. Mm-hmm. So good. Amazing. Like everybody loves it. There's a miso marinated salmon that's like a sheet pan dinner, mm. which is really delicious. There's a pork chop skillet that I made that was so beautiful. It had like radishes and either green beans or snap peas, but it was like the colors were so vibrant. Man, that's nice. With the radishes. And it was just like bright and punchy and beautiful and like very springy. Mm -hmm. I loved that. There's an orzo minestrone soup in there. It was really, really tasty. Just it's so great. Like, thank you for just bringing this thing, like plopping it down in my lap. Every recipe is great. Every recipe makes only a few dishes. Yeah. (laughs) Like, It's great. And, you know, sometimes I have trouble with one pot stuff in my house. And I know you do, too, because it's easier to separate components out for picky eaters. Mm -hmm. But these have been pretty big winners, even with my kids. That's great. I mean, for me, that that book would be like a a dinner and two, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm never going to get better than a dinner and two at my house because I have a kid who has really complex, medically necessary dietary restrictions. Mm -hmm. But still, I like it when you can... Those books can still work for me and for other people who have dietary restrictions or maybe one person in their house does because I feel like often there's overlap in the recipe where you can go through all the steps and then it gets to a a clear step for me where I'm like, okay, now's what I'm going to bring out a second pot and I'm going to take all of that sauce or whatever the flavors that I've been developing and I'm going to put one portion in this other pot and then I'm going to proceed with the rest of the recipe in here and I've already got it in my head like, okay, my son with PK, you can't have beans, but I could use sweet potatoes instead, or I could use regular potatoes, whatever. So I'll just kind of make those subs as I go through the recipe. Yeah, I do kind of feel like Melissa Clark can do no wrong. And I'm I definitely think we should talk about that book next year, which side note, like, we're working on the editorial calendar now for season three. So if you guys have books that you're hoping that we're going to talk about or ones that you think would be fun to do, this is a good time of year to reach out to us. Reach out and make a suggestion because we'd love to hear those. The last thing I'll say about that book that's awesome that I feel like I haven't experienced in a lot of Melissa Clark's other books is that she gives you tons of substitution um, advice. Oh, great. Which I just don't feel like you know, of her other books that I've cooked from, I don't feel like it's that common. And specifically in that book, she has suggestions for making a lot of the meals vegetarian if they're not already, or for just upping the amount of vegetables that's in them. Oh, cool. Which I really like. Yeah, she was on a she was interviewed by 
someone on NPR. I'll we'll link to it in the show notes if I can find it. And I just remember listening to that interview, and I really didn't know very much about Melissa Clark other than her recipes. And she talked so much about like her actual goal, her like side goal is like, yes, give people recipes so they can make good food, but also like increase the amount of vegetables that all of us are eating and like be more sustainable with our ways that we consume food in this country. And that obviously like struck a real chord with me. And I was like, wow, this is it it just made me realize that a lot of people working in that um, cookbook world and recipe development world are probably also like really big local food advocates because they they're so connected to that food system that they understand how it could be better and stronger. Totally. She's awesome. She is great. And I think of the books of hers that I've cooked out of so far, that is my favorite by far so far. Oh, interesting. I mean, she's written like 40 cookbooks, so I've really only gotten my hands on like two or three of them, Mm -hmm. but I love that book. So one little handy, very versatile side dish that I've been making a lot in my kitchen is by Nigella Lawson from the New York Times. Have you made a lot of recipes from her? I've made a couple. Okay. I think that she's like a pretty great, really well-respected recipe developer, but I just haven't um, sought out a lot of her recipes, but she has a recipe on the New York Times for Italian roast potatoes. It sounds like something we should all know how to do, right? It's just like roast potatoes in the oven and have them come out tasting perfect. But for some reason, like, I just feel like I always have a wide range of results when I do it on my own and I'm winging it. But what's great about this recipe is that there's a high amount of oil in it. And I just like someone giving me those proportions. So the recipe is not rocket science. It's a sheet pan situation. It's what I throw in the oven when I just like need something to round out a meal, like we're having breakfast for dinner or we're having sausages or whatever. The potatoes turn out so like crispy on the outside and perfectly soft and fluffy on the inside and salty. Like everyone at my table gobbles them up. They're so good. They're great with like leftovers too in a scramble or a breakfast burrito. Yum. So that is a recipe that if you just need a go-to side that you don't have to do any brain work around, yeah. you should check that recipe out. Sounds delicious. I love a roasted potato. Um, I also have been making the sesame, cucumber, and avocado salad by Hetty McKinnon on the New York Times. Oh. That's also another like super easy side dish when I don't really want to take the time to like steam some veggies or whatever. It's just like a raw side salad and it's green and bright and vibrant and the avocado makes it really creamy. Yeah. It's a good one. Why don't we take a quick break because I have some heavy hitting recipes to talk about when we come back. Awesome. Dropcloth Samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers, printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away. Each pattern is hand-drawn by Rebecca Rinquist in her Portland, Oregon studio, and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices, like coloring book pages, but for embroidery. And with Rebecca's custom classes on Creative Bug, she's with you every step of the way. You can find Dropcloth Samplers on Instagram at Dropcloth or online at dropclothsamplers.com. All right, Renee, hit me with some more great dinner recipes. Okay. Remember a few months ago when we talked about meatballs on our episode and Melissa from Cookbook Club joined us and she talked about the Rouse meatballs Mm -hmm. and the recipe for those that you can find on the New York Times and how amazing they were. And she went on and on about it. I was like, oh my God, that sounds so great. Then I promptly forgot all about it (laughs) because of my little ADD brain. And I recently came across it again and made it. I was totally in a pinch too. This was like not a planned 
well-planned and thought-out dinner. But I thawed a whole bunch of different kinds of ground meat from our freezer, from our meat CSA, just to kind of clean things out. It was a combination of lamb and pork, I believe. And I looked up that recipe. That recipe calls for veal, which I didn't have. And so, you know, I just figured, whatever, I'm just going to use what I have. So I made a triple batch of those Rouse meatballs. That's how confident I was that this recipe was going to be great. And that recipe was amazing. It's amazing. How is it so good? You add water to it. It's the simplest. It's so simple. It's like one of those things where, like, the sum of its parts is way more. Yes. I don't know how it's so delicious, but... It, they are awesome. Well, I remember, I think Melissa talked about how you add a little bit of water in that recipe. Mm-hmm. And it it's almost like when the meatballs are cooking, it creates little like steam pockets in it. Totally. And, and so, it hydrates the breadcrumbs. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, it's sort of like they're so tender. It just lifts the whole thing up. They're just these soft little like oh my round balls of deliciousness. They're wonderful. Really good. So and I, they freeze great. Yeah. So I made a triple batch. That's like a ton because I had these big professional licensing exams coming up. So okay. I was a little bit in like that mode that you're in when you're about to have a baby and you're like, wow, we need to fill the we freezer with get food. Ready. Yeah, yeah. The apocalypse is coming, <laughs> which it kind of was in our case. And so uh, I filled the freezer with those meatballs and it was like a gift from heaven for the next few weeks to just pull those out and have the most delicious meatballs ready for dinner and just put jarred rouse sauce on it because that's the best sauce. It's the best and it's like $6. Yeah, and if you can get it on sale at like Costco or I've even seen it on sale at Target, I will just look like a crazy person stocking up on like 12 jars of it at a time. (laughs) I don't make marinara sauce anymore and can it because the rouse is just so good. I just can different things with my tomatoes. Totally. But yeah, that, that meatball recipe is great any day of the week. I would say any meal of the day, even. And then if you put a bunch in the freezer, then at any point when you're in a pinch, you can be like, we're having rouse tonight. Yeah. Delicious. Yeah. Wonderful. Sign me up. And I mean, when you go also what I was thinking at the time, this isn't like a Saturday where I was like, I'm going to do a bunch of batch cooking and like, I'm never that person really. But I was making it and I was like, you know what? Why not just make like all this at once? It's the same steps. I don't have to dirty more dishes. Maybe you just have to mix for a few more minutes. A little bit more effort. And and they tell you to cook it on the, to fry it in a pan. And I did not do that. I just roasted it in the oven and they were 100,000% amazing. Yeah. They're so good. Oh man. I love those. I have some in the freezer right now. Do you want to tell me about Julia Tertian? Yeah, I do. I just love her so much. I don't know how she does it. Her recipes are like simple and comforting and like really hit the spot, but they're easy to make. I just love it. So I have all of her books, Small Victories, Now and Again, and Simply Julia. I think they're all wonderful. Man, she's just like my weeknight guru. Yeah. Because you can come up with something simple that is not like, but it's like cohesive and it's just like so comforting. So a couple of things that I've been making of hers that I just love so much from Small Victories, the Jenny's Chicken Palau. I know you love that recipe. I love that recipe. It's another one-pot meal. It's super easy to make. It's super flavorful. It's very high in protein. It has chicken and beans in it. Like, it has veggies in it. It's just like, give me that any day of the week. It's so delicious. She also has a different version of that recipe in the Simply Julia cookbook, which is just called Caribbean Kidney Bean Palau. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally vegan version of that recipe, which I have made before as well. And it's also delicious and it's still very comforting. So it's got both of those have coconut milk in them. Mm -hmm. So there's like this richness to them, but they're also like healthy and filling and like all just all the things. Like it just hits all of the weeknight like 
things for me. Yeah, it checks all the boxes. Yeah, is totally. it like it's it seems like it's an easy go to yeah, just workhorse yeah. on your regular rotation. Totally. Yeah. How long does that recipe take from start to finish? I mean, it takes about an hour, but mostly it's hands off. Okay. You have I, to I can chop. Get you have that. to chop a fair amount, but it's not bad. I don't know about you, but we've been we've been pushing the schedule like back a lot oh, lately. Yeah, totally. I mean, I used to be the kind of person where I was like, okay, dinner's ready at six. Like the kids get yeah. crabby. Blah blah blah. And now, like, all of that granola and muffins that I'm making are just really bridging the gap. Yeah. So we're eating dinner at, like, 7, yeah. 7.30 on a school night when the kids have to go to bed at 8 or 8.30. Um, well, it's hard, too, because, of the you know, like, we had daylight savings time, and now it's lighter later. Yeah. And, like, we have a lot of kids who live on our street, and everybody eats dinner at a different time. Uh-huh. And so it's pretty common for, like, the doorbell to ring, like, right before dinner, and somebody wants to play, like they've already eaten. And so my kids want to like spend 10 minutes with their friends. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll hold dinner. And things just get pushed back. And I'm so glad that it's like light enough for them to play after dinner. But yeah, I think I have an internal clock that's like really tied to yeah. the daylight more than it's tied to like my alarm clock. Totally. And that's part of it. I just start to get really like relaxed, but also yeah. like very energetic as we yeah. get more more daylight. Tell yeah. me about those potato chip fish cakes oh my God, of Julia Turchin's. No, They're it sounds so interesting. They're so good. So it's just a, it's like a salmon patty that mm-hmm. you make. And she calls for you to use canned salmon in them. So like it could not be easier. You get the boneless, skinless canned salmon and you mix them with some Old Bay seasoning, sour cream and onion potato chips, like ba- <laughs> like banged up into pieces. So there's like little crispy, salty bits in uh-huh. there and ricotta. Okay. Which you can also use labna for a little bit of like extra flavor and more creaminess. Is this from Small Victories? No, it's from Simply Julia. She calls for you to make it, to serve it with peas Mm -hmm. that are like cooked in a little bit of cream. I don't usually do that step, but it would be real easy. And it's delicious. I've done it before. But something about these, I mean, I'm sure it's the fact that they have potato chips in them, is that they're like dense and wonderful and like... They're super savory because they have that Old Bay seasoning in them. Mm-hmm. But they're like salmon. I mean, it's like a protein bomb. I don't. They're so delicious. I think I actually love them more than anyone in my family. And also, maybe you know this about me that I hate to pan fry. Yeah. <laughs> it just drives me crazy. I can't ever get it quite right. I'm always like overshooting on the temperature. I get oil like all over myself. Yeah, also that. And I have like it's an apron mess. somewhere. And it uses a ton of oil. And I always burn stuff when I'm pan frying or like the first batch will be like not brown enough. And the second batch will be like black. I just it does not agree with me. I don't like it. So the way I cook those instead of pan frying them like she calls for you to do, I just brush them with a little bit of avocado oil and do them in the oven. Oh, that's great. So and they come out great. They're super delicious. I mean, they're already like pretty rich mm-hmm. without being like fried in oil because mm-hmm. they already have potato chips in them and salmon, which is like a very rich fish because it's a high fat fish. So I love those so much. I'm really into the idea of anything that's a patty. Yeah. Maybe that should be a B episode for us actually next yeah. year is like, let's just have an episode all about the things that you can make that are patties. Right. Because I feel like it's really family friendly. Totally. Like it's a recognizable shape to the kids. Mm-hmm. You might be asking them to try something that's like a little bit of a new flavor. Yeah. But anything that you can put between like two hamburger buns and choose <laughs> yes. your sauce, yes, like totally. I think could be kind of a fun and yeah. easy dinner. Yeah. We were on vacation recently 
And my husband bought a bag of potato chips, which we don't do very often. And I just realized they didn't all get eaten. They're in the fridge. They're oh. like in the pantry. And I was like, oh, it's time to make salmon cakes. Fun. <laughs> I've been cooking a lot from Julia Tertian because the sour cream pancake recipe <sighs> from Small Victories is on real it's heavy so rotation. genius. Okay. Well, I only recently discovered that they make sour cream in these gigantic tubs. Okay. Like, I don't know how I've been living life as a parent this yeah. many years without, like, all these little kids who need, like, lots of protein, except for the one kid at my table who yeah. needs very little protein. Yeah, yeah. But it's such a great pancake recipe because the kids are super excited because we're having pancakes for dinner. Right. Because I guess I didn't say that. Like, we rarely have pancakes for breakfast. We yeah. have it for dinner a lot. Yeah, it's a great dinner food. Uh, but that recipe is, like, half sour cream. And, and eggs. Like, and eggs. Yeah. And then like some flour to yeah. hold it together. Totally. It is mostly sour cream and eggs. Yeah. Which, you know, it's fine. Yeah. It's like a lot of protein yeah, for them. Totally. And they turn and out if great. if you want to up the protein, just use yogurt instead of sour cream, which is significantly higher in protein. Oh, nice. Yeah. Pro tip. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, they. If you want to go really nuts, go Greek yogurt. They rise really well. They do. Like they don't. You yeah. wouldn't eat them and think that they're anything unusual no, about them. No. So I like that. And then that's another excuse for me to clear out all of the frozen berries in my freezer oh, too, yeah. because I usually make like a homemade berry syrup to yeah, go on top, yummy. like a berry compote situation. Which I don't have a recipe for you guys. I just wing it. It's like simple syrup, then throw in as many berries as mm -hmm. you want. Usually like equal parts berries to simple syrup. Mm -hmm. And then I'll squeeze in some fresh lemon juice at the end and then use a little bit of cornstarch, you know, in cold water thicken to like thicken it. Yeah. I mean, if you need a template, that recipe has a blueberry yeah, sauce, which... I've made that it's blueberry. I've made that blueberry sauce, and I didn't love it because the blueberries I was using were frozen, and they just oh. get kind of like a weird texture because you're roasting them. Yeah. So I would just skip that part. Yeah. And just Google it. Yeah. Sure. What else have you been making from Julia Tertian? Um, well, the chicken and black-eyed pea chili is classic. That's from now and again. Uh huh. It's so yummy. It's just really delicious. And that's, you know, now and again is the menu-based cookbook. So I love to make that chicken and black-eyed pea chili and then make the skillet cornbread that goes with it mm -hmm. and the salad, which is a romaine and celery salad with a homemade buttermilk ranch. Yeah, that just reminded me that you've talked about that chili before and it sounds really good. You've also talked about the cornbread and how that the is... cornbread is phenomenal. So I finally made that recipe. I didn't... <laughs> I should be more specific. I did not make the black-eyed pea chili part, but I was hosting a really big last-minute dinner for my extended family because my um, dad was in town visiting from Mexico, so I hosted. We do not have a big house, but whatever. We all just piled in, and it was really great, and I just flipped it open, and I was like, oh, Sarah said this is great. I'm just going to make this, so I actually made a vegan chili, which okay. turned out great, and like nobody knew any better. Yeah. It had tofu in it. It tasted delicious and very much like chili. And yeah. then I rounded out all the things from her now and again cookbook. So I made that cornbread. It was great. Yeah. I made the salad, which was very, very easy, but you kind of need something crunchy and light yeah. to go along with a heavy chili. It's such a great, yeah, it like plays off each other so well. Yeah. I love that book. Yeah. Like anytime you're hosting a group and you don't want to think about it, just right. like open that book and pick something. Yeah, totally. Because they are so well thought out and they go w so well together. Yeah, it's designed so that you're not going to be killing yourself on every recipe, making it really complex. It's like there might be one thing that is a little bit has multi steps and then it kind of families into all of the other things on the menu so that, you yeah. know, in a span of two hours, you've been able to make like main dish, side dish, appetizer -y thing and dessert. Yeah. Just amazing. It's pretty brilliant. 
I would say that's probably the Julia Tertian book that I own that gets the least play Mm -hmm. just because I feel like you have to think about it and it comes in really handy when you're entertaining. But every time I do dip into it, I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. Why am I not cooking from this more? I'm going to do that this weekend, actually. I'm going to make vegan chili and that cornbread. Okay. I'm not going to make that salad, though. I think the vegan chili recipe I made may have been from Simply Julia. Oh. Does she have one in there? Yeah, she does. I think that's what it is. I'm going to make one from um, this Linda McCartney book I have. Oh, yeah. And it has fake meat in it. She's okay. like big on the fake meat. She was. She's. It was also. This is like a posthumous cookbook. It was also, she was cooking in like the 90s, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people were into the fake totally. meat because it was like new. Yeah. But I'm just going to put like Beyond Burger in it. Yeah. Call It'll it a day. Great. Yeah. Because <laughs> my, they're, I'll have a couple of vegans to feed that day. And then I might try to make a vegan cornbread. I'm going to make the skillet cornbread, but I might make like a vegan cornbread on the side for the vegans. I think that I used her recipe for cornbread from now and again, and I made a, one on the side because oh, really? I have a nephew that has PKU also, and he yeah. can have less protein than my son. Okay. And so we needed to be like more careful about that yeah. one. So I did make one and it was vegan. Okay. I may have yeah. used real butter, but I yeah. think that like vegan butter would work just as right. well. And I think I subbed like rice milk instead okay. of whatever dairy she yeah. called for. Yeah. And then I even put in like Daya cheese shreds oh, okay. for the to cheesy part. That cheesy part Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was good um another one that's been on heavy rotation at our house that's like not julia tertian is our friend allison roman from the new york times she has a recipe for caramelized shallot pasta oh yeah that's like a very pantry friendly weeknight pasta meal that i think is also a good heavy hitter when you don't want to think about what to make for dinner that sounds yummy and then my partner has honestly been doing a lot of like the heavy lifting on dinner lately for yeah. the past like month or two. And recently he made the steak fajitas, Ooh. which is by Martha Rose Shulman from the New York Times. Yeah. Martha Rose Shulman, her her name is coming up a lot more on recipes that I'm making frequently okay. from the New York Times. I would like to take a closer look at like, does she have a cookbook? Right. Like what what else am I missing from her? Right. She has some really good recipes. So the steak fajitas was very like last minute dinner, I think it calls for actually like four hours of marinating time, okay. which I think my Just partner skip. skipped yeah. and did like 30 minutes while he was getting all the other things together yeah. for that meal. But that's fine. And he made some substitutions like it called for flank steak and he used pork instead. And it turned out really delicious, very flavorful. I was super impressed. He's really up in his burrito game at our house these these days. <laughs> and then the last person I want to plug, if you are just over it, like you are barely keeping your head above water right now. Like, first of all, I see you. It's really hard and <laughs> it's going to get better. <laughs> um, this is but a moment in time. Uh, let me introduce you to Caro Chambers. Look at her Instagram feed. Caro Chambers is a recipe writer who's worked for um, different res- like food publishers over the years, but she has a really active Instagram page, kind of like about motherhood and like parenting young children, which that's not I'm not like so into that content anymore, but if you need to feel seen and validated, you might find some value there. But she has a lot of recipes that are like two ingredient such and such or like three ingredient thing from Trader Joe's. That is kind of a good place to turn, I think, if you're just like over it and just need something on the table that's going to be really easy. Yeah, that's great. Well, it sounds like we're all doing we're sort of holding it down, doing all kinds of cooking. Um I want to tell you about something I'm dreaming about in the kitchen. Yes. Which is that later this year I'm turning 40. Oh. And I'm really excited because I'm going to have a big party and just invite everyone I know because that's what I decided I would most like to do for my 40th. And I'm just going to make a bunch of really delicious things. 
you're, sure. You're going to cater your own I'm 40th cater birthday. My own 40th birthday. <laughs> I that, mean, does it surprise you that much that I yeah. said that? No. If it brings you joy, go for it. Yeah, totally. I think it will. So I've been like sort of dreaming about the spread. Um, I think it's going to be like snacky, like not a full meal. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to make the hummus tahina from the Zahav book. Oh, it's so oh, good. Oh, it's the best hummus I've ever had in my entire life. It's so good. Um, I'm going to make some of the labna-based dips from Nothing Fancy. There's a couple of them in there, which is Alison Roman. Gosh, they're good. Yeah. They're just so good. Yeah, she's got the snacky thing down. Yeah, totally. And there's like a marinated goat cheese in there that is mm. also incredible. Like it has like chopped up lemon with the peel and the pith and all. Then you like braise it in olive oil and then you like pour it on top of the oh my gosh it's so good wow that sounds <laughs> on great on top of the goat cheese and it's like marinated oh my gosh could not be tastier and then I think I might make a big cheese plate from that book that cheese plate which will change your life I love that book yeah that book is Marissa so fun Mullen, I think wrote it it's yeah. just super super fun and it takes all the guesswork out of it and you just like buy the ingredients and it's like paint by numbers. It's yeah. great. It has a diagram on how to build the cheese yeah. plate. It's so fun. Yeah. So I think I'm just going to do like a huge snack spread like that. I love that idea. And then I don't even know where to start on dessert. Open some cans, not not for dessert, but like <laughs> yeah, open yeah. some cans of sardines and. Yeah. <laughs> Call it a day. Call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. I don't think that you need to provide dessert. I think just having like a whole bunch of different kinds of snacky things is yeah. like a real fun way to have a party. I know I don't need to provide dessert, but it's my 40th I birthday. Know. You do I want to make dessert. You do you. I don't even know what to make. I like, do I make like a trio of snacking cakes? Do I make that incredible? Oh, I can't remember the name of it now, but there was this cake that's like a meringue based cake that um, oh, our yeah. friend Melissa Chan made. It's a Julia Child recipe. Yeah, that was O-M-G. so good. It was good. So yummy. Like I might make something like that, but like also how many people does that serve and mm-hmm. all of that. So I don't know. I, I like the idea that when you throw a big party or have some sort of large gathering that you pick either a course, like this is just going to be a bunch of like snacky dip things, right. like little finger foods, or you put, you pick a cookbook like now and again, yeah. or in the case of Alison Roman, we have an annual cookbook club retreat that yeah. our cookbook club takes, our real life cookbook club takes like a two night overnight somewhere close to Portland yeah. so that we can like somebody can run home if there's an emergency. Uh, but this year it's an Allison Roman themed yeah. one. So it's like pick anything from the Allison Roman canon. And I think it's going to be I'm a- so excited to eat all that Allison <laughs> Roman food. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because Allison Roman's approach in like nothing fancy or what's the one that's like entertaining but not entertaining? That's nothing fancy. Oh, nothing fancy. Yeah. The other one is dining in. Okay. Yeah. Well, like her approach in nothing fancy is all about like, this is not entertaining. It's just having people over and like making it really <laughs> easy but flavorful. But like she does it. And but it also the recipes are amazing. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to have that be a theme for a big get together. Totally. But I love the snacky dip thing. Yeah. And then I got to get it together on dessert. I got to. There's just so many options. I know. I love to bake so much. Well, keep it easy and maybe keep it finger fo- food yeah. focused so yeah, that you sure. just kind of trade out the trays and yeah. you can kind of make like cookies in advance or something yeah. so you're not killing yourself that day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What a baby turning 40. I know. <laughs> Get ready. It's like the best decade of my life so far. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I think it's going to be a good one for me too. We hope that you guys will join us next time because we're going to be cooking from Korean American by Eric Kim. Sarah, why did we pick this book? Oh, uh, we really like this book. It's so bright and vibrant and it's just like so story focused. It's really personal and it's a great concept. It's going to be a really good one. So you should make sure to join us for that next episode. 
And then a huge thanks to KND, all of these different numbers that I'm not going to read to you, Polish Zeus and Kristen Poole-Cohen for the wonderful five-star reviews. You guys, we're so glad that you enjoyed the show and we love hearing your feedback about it. Thanks for taking the time to do that. Your reviews make us so happy. Cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at Cookbook Club Show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review really helps other home cooks find us too. We'll see you soon. Bye.